Welcome to the Musings of Our Hearts, a Jesus Youth podcast on the lives of saints. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, today we are reflecting on St. John of Avila, who should be confused with St. John of the Cross. Uh, St. John of the Cross was a Carmelite, if you know, he was a good friends with St. Teresa of Avila. Um, but now today it's St. John of Avila, again, not to be confused with St. John of the Cross, but St. John of Avila, oh my goodness, what a profound human being and the way in which he, um, the things he did and also the the unique revelations that God gave to him in which he shared too through um, preaching. He was a, a great preacher and also he wrote down many, um, he wrote down a lot. He, and a lot of his works have also been, uh, you know, incorporated into into church teaching. And therefore, he is a doctor of the church. He was actually made doctor by um, by Benedict the the sixteenth, and in twenty twelve. So he's pretty recent, recently declared in that way. Uh, John was bor- born to a wealthy and religious family in southern Spain. Uh, he started studying law, but then he returned uh, back home because he wanted to live as a hermit. Uh, but in in that time, he he met someone who uh, called him to be a a priest, and so a uh, very obedient young man. He uh, went and studied, and he became a priest. And it's so beautiful for his ordination banquet. Usually, you know, a large like party with like lots of you know kind of lavish things are are used. And um, it, but he, what he wanted to do was uh, he went into the street. He found 12 poor men, he washed their feet, and he just treated them like royalty. Um, and he was very, um, he was very, you know, he, he, he preached a lot, he, he really shared a lot, he devoted his time to preaching especially, and was very involved in like the parish and uh, in the understanding of like priestly life and what it means to be a priest. And there's a beautiful explanation also where reflection it says it was uh these three nails of poverty chastity and obedience that kept john of avila nailed to the cross of our lord the only place he ever desired or expected to be in this world so that i think really is like such a is such a beautiful statement very concise to to explain like who this man was and I've actually never heard, uh, like, I've heard a lot, of course, you know, about the Evangelical Council of Poverty, Chastity, and Obedience, but never in such a way where it's like, these are the three nails. Um, and I don't know, it's just a, it's a beautiful uh, reflection to think about it as these three nails. And where else would we, you know, be nailed to, but yes, on the cross, which is, it is painful, but we also know the power of the cross and what it can do for the world. Well, so later on, he was imprisoned because of a misunderstanding and a homily he gave. Um, but even in prison, he actually began uh, he began his writings and um, through and just shared, you know, profound insight into the mystery of God's love. Um, and he was then acquitted after two years uh, in prison. He is um, he's an amazing theologian, a great theologian. Again, he had great insight, uh, especially into prayer and, and the life of, of a priest. Um, and who, again, you know, like God, God's 
like work in priests and really calling priests into a greater um, into their vocation and a greater faithfulness and devotion and sacrifice there. He died from ill health in uh, 1569. He because he just he gave a lot, you know, of his life. He really sacrificed a lot and was completely given to his flock. Um, and yeah, so he was um, he's he was canonized and then like, very rec- 2012 became uh, doctor of the church. But something just overall throughout his life through his um, writings and also, you know, his quotes. And you can see that his, um, he was all about prayer. You know, he, and he, he says like prayer was, uh, prayer was always the beginning of his work. And he uh, said, prayer is the response of faith to the free promise of salvation. And so everything was really, um, you know, summed up in his life of prayer and deep, um, deep hiddenness and also intimacy and closeness and, uh, and that love for the Lord in which again, he, he was called to be at the cross. Uh, yeah, just a, a wonderful man again. Uh, and I'm so, I don't know, it's just so filled with, um, with a, with a desire to, to grow more in prayer too. Even one of the things he says is he would always pray about spiritual matters, not responding to, to letters that was sent to him until Jesus told him what to say. Prayer was, prayer was everything, everything for him. Yeah. Uh, you know, I really, really wanted to read more and write about this man when, you know, when we have to write about St. John of the God in one of the early episodes, mm-hmm. uh, I came across this man as his personal or spiritual director of St. John of God, who started the hospitalers. Um, I, I, I was so amazed to read that St. John of God was immediately converted mm-hmm. on hearing one of the sermons of St. John of Avila. So I was like, I want to know about this man. Is it St. John of the Cross? Mm-hmm. But when I looked, I found that they were living at the same time, but two different people and St. John of God and Avila were, uh, St. John of Cross and Avila were friends and he was also friends of St. Teresa of Avila, Mm -hmm. uh, Francis Borgia, uh, Ignatius of Loyola and St. John of Avila himself wanted to join the Jesuits, but it didn't happen uh, because of his ill health and things and he died before that, but he actually promoted, you know, gave some 30, more than 30 of his uh, disciples to become Jesuits. Mm. Um, so uh, I was really, my heart was so full after reading about him and compiling this uh, brief. Uh, it's not brief. It's a little long. I know <laughs> that you would have enjoyed it, though, as, as much as I enjoyed writing it. So uh, this is a man of profound prayer yeah. who, who knew the heart of prayer, who immersed himself in prayer. And it was prayer that animated him. He, he touched the heart of God. Like mm-hmm. uh, when he was asked to, asked one question about like you know uh, uh it is said like uh when he was going to give a homily on pentecost sunday he called the congregation to listen attentively and said the things of heaven are so lofty and so profound so far above human understanding that to be able to speak of them the speaker himself must have come down from heaven i was like whoa you know only what you hear from god's 
lips or what God downloads into your heart in prayer. That's the only thing that can make a difference when you speak. No wonder his one sermon was enough for the conversion of St. John of God. Even Francis Borgia, who became the superior general of, you know, the Jesuits, mm -hmm. uh, he was, his conversion, uh, St. John of Avila had a big role in his conversion. And also, uh, there is another another quote, like, a young priest asked him how to preach. Mm. <laughs> and he replied, what can I say to you except tell you to love our Lord deeply? Love him with all your heart. You know, this truth is only made real through prayer. So I was like, wow, that's really amazing. And also, he talks about how to prepare for Mass. He said, a priest has to place himself with the seraphim, burning before the throne of God. And to handle our Lord with the care of his blessed mother. I was like, wow, you know, that burning love, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the fire must make its way to the heart of the priest, fueling his seal for souls and desire for God's glory. And then only, you know, he has to give the sacrament with the tenderness and the love of our Lord's mother. I'm like, whoa, you know, I was so deeply touched by this and I sent this to many priests whom I knew <laughs> yesterday while I was compiling this. I'm like, he literally showed how to live as a priest. You know, uh, that's why today we were praying for priests too. Like, you know, he 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 really knew that uh, how a priest should dwell so that he can make Christ visible to others. That's why St. John Paul II spoke of uh, St. John of the Cross. Like, you know, he said like, how St. John worked. He said he worked courageously so that priests would respond suitably to the ambitious project of ecclesial renewal in their time with a deep interior life, a rigorous intellectual formation, and an unfailing fidelity to the church and a constant desire to bring Christ to others. Man, amazing. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they should have this burning desire in their heart to 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 renew the church to, with their with their renewal and also you know a, a, a rigorous intellectual formation and we see all these things coupled in saint john of god that's why you know he was declared a doctor of the church and he was even while he was living he was called like master almost similar to like, you know, a doctor, uh, a well-known theologian. But it, it is amazing that even though he was a rector, only once, you know, he was a rector of the that seminary that he founded, but he didn't have any other chair or any other position other than these beautiful friendship with these so many saints. And, yeah. you know, so his two major things were like he was preaching and he was actually giving spiritual direction. You know, uh, so we see uh, when when I was reading about St. John, so many priests that I know, their faces went through my mind. And I was thanking God like, Lord, I thank you that I could I could see this many priests in my life so that, you know, I can, uh, you know, I was so blessed to be with them, to get their help uh, and to, you know, to love the church and to serve the church through them. So this is an amazing man, like he, his fidelity to the church, his desire for the for the faithful and how he gave his life. He lived only till, I think, 59 years, mm. uh, 56 or 59 years. So that's all he lived, 59 years. So, uh, but he achieved so much in his life. You know, he he his family was converts from Jews. You know, that was mm -hmm. one of the reasons why he had to go through Inquisition. So many other things behind there. Mm -hmm. But 
his love for the church and his holiness uh, acquitted him of all those things and we, he came back with more energy and I thank God that he had a time like that of imprisonment because, you know, he wrote something. Yeah. That is something that he deliberately wrote, like Audi Fili, which means, mm -hmm. oh, hear, oh, daughter. That was actually an exhort uh, exhortation that he, he did to one of his spiritual daughters who was discerning. That mm -hmm. has, that's a spiritual classic. Pope Benedict says that that's a spiritual classic. So, he he sat down and wrote there, and after and also many of his talks and things were compiled by others. And uh, and another thing uh, that they said was like you know about him, uh, the, his archbishop wanted him to go to uh, the Council of Trent, but due mm. to his ill health, he could not go. That's where he actually wrote that memorials in which he says like you know uh, there should be this uh, holiness, uh, there should be uh, this theological study should be coupled with prayer. Mm. Because prayer and theology should go hand in hand. Otherwise, you know, theology would become so dry. Yeah. And prayer without theology will make it shallow too. So that that's that's something that I noted. Like, you know, we need both. We need to yeah. pray. We need to also uh, form our mind. So the church always... Uh, exhorts all the faithful to do it as best as they can. Of course, there is something known as theology of the knee, you know, the yeah, knee, yeah. N -E -E knee. But, but still, you know, how, however much we can, we should try to form our mind too through theological studies. Yeah, and I think, uh, like again, this this desire to to know more about God, which theology and the study, of course, of God, you know, helps us grow in in our desire also to remain in that place where um, where the Lord reveals so much. And I come back to again this this school in which He was taught by by Christ Himself, which is at the cross. And it mm. says, you know, that He um, He like His. He, being a doctor of the church and also speaking so much about like uh, for priests and seminarians too about the intense spiritual life and rooted in faith and even his own life it came from it flowed from this interior union with Christ mm. a union consummated and made mm. real on Calvary and I think that's oh gosh that's so like for me just to again come mm. back to the cross and it's it is a stumbling block it, it doesn't make sense how this like um, means of torture and excruciating death uh, mm -hmm. can can be the the instrument that God has chosen to save the world. But all the more reason for us to and all the saints tell us to go back here to come back to the cross. And I again then love you know that the the three councils like the the three evangelical councils uh, poverty chastity chastity and obedience are mm. seen as nails for us to be nailed on the cross with Christ <laughs> and the fullness that really expresses like the fullness of his own life like how poor he was how obedient he was and how chaste and and pure he was too in in his love um a purity in in which he was able to love so freely love everyone even you know the worst sinner and even Peter in that in the moment of like um uh, where he abandoned him and, and um, you know, denied him. He was able mm. to, he looked at Peter and gazed, like that's how pure his love was without any selfish mm. like motive. Or, and so again, like this, the cross too, being a union consummated. Mm. And this idea of like a union consummated at the cross for a priest is so important because at, like that's that's what he's 
you mm. know, called to to be um, so united to his church, united to the church and where that union very much takes place in the intimacy of like the spousal relationship is in that is is on the cross um, where, you know, the, the church was then flowed, mm. flowed out from his side. So. Mm -hmm. Oh gosh, so much here about prayer and so much here that he offers us like a real witness. But just, I just want to come back to this quote at the beginning where he says too, like mm. something that we can take for our lives in like a very small way is a single blessed be God when things go wrong is more of more value than a thousand acts of thanksgiving when things are to our liking. Mm. So you better believe it that today I'm going to be saying, blessed be God, blessed be God, blessed be God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, when I was actually looking for a picture to put for him, this this is the picture that came out. I, I just got stuck there, you know. And this picture, uh, it's a famous portrait of him showing at a pulpit, holding a crucifix high. And nothing could better summarize his life and his love, you know, for the crucified Lord. He was able to look out to his flock without turning his gaze from the cross. Yeah. That was really amazing. I really liked it. And his vestment is large and white. You know, it looks like he's he has ascended these clouds, soaring up in discovering the truth, you know. And that is what he is just uh, bringing forth in his homilies. Like, that's amazing. So I looked at that picture and I really, really liked it. And <laughs> he says, like, he was asked, like, he, he was a tireless worker. So people used to ask him, you know, you are so exhausted and take some rest. So St. John would reply, how can I do that when I belong not to myself, but to... But to others, you know, yeah, yeah. and so he, that that was his faith. Like you know, he lived for others. Uh, the uh, the crucified Lord so, and suffering was his language of love, which strengthened his sheep too. Yeah. That that brought in so many conversions. So I, I think reading and writing and also meditating and reflecting about this saying has given me new vigor to to stop complaints. Like thank <laughs> thank God all the time. At at the same time, open my heart. Just yeah. come humbly before him so that, you know, whatever nails that he choose yeah. for, to crucify me to the cross, yeah. like, yeah. you know, I'm still discovering. Obedience, of course, is one of that. I know for <laughs> sure. So saint, I think there will be more saints who will be helping us to go through this journey again. But maybe this session we can wind up with a small prayer in honor of uh, St. John of Avila. Almighty and eternal God, who gave your holy church, Blessed John of Avila's doctor, grant that what he taught when moved by the divine spirit may always stay firm in our hearts. And as by your gift, we embrace him as our patron. May we also have him as our defender to entreat your mercy. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening.